Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, tonight we come before you and we just want to spend time together as a family. We ask, Father, that as we sit at your feet, your Holy Spirit, in your kindness and in your mercy, takes absolute control. Holy Spirit, we really ask you, please open the word to us tonight. Cause all that we need to learn to be placed within our hearts to change our lives. We ask tonight, Father Almighty God, that you are glorified. We yield ourselves to you and we thank you. We do not take for granted all that you have done thus far. Father Almighty God, let tonight change our lives as we sit at your feet to learn from your word. In Jesus' most holy name, we really do pray. We pray, Father, for brevity. We pray, Father, for insight and understanding. We pray, Father, for wisdom. Take absolute control, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And so... Um, we are going to go back to Mark 4 and we are, I hope you're enjoying it and we're going to press in from there. So I'm going to turn to Mark 4 and if you can turn to Mark chapter 4 in your Bible, any version of the Bible that, that, that is great. And as we said, if you have questions, please put them in the chat and we'll go. Now, so we've covered... So we're picking a study up from we're picking the study up from Mark chapter four, and we're starting from verse eighteen. Starting from verse eighteen, and I'll read. I'll read from verse eighteen to twenty because that will be our subject matter for tonight. And these are they that which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty and some a hundred. And that's the end of the explanation of the parable of the sower, although Jesus goes on, continues speaking about um, the principle of sowing um, the parable of the kingdom. He continues doing that, and he does so um, throughout the next few chapters. We may look at some of those as we go on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so what we're going to do, we're going to start at verse Mark 4 verse 18 and now remember we've already covered two types of ground we've covered those that are by the wayside and we have covered those that are rocky that's what we did last week um, hope you enjoyed it and so we're going to start now with the third type of ground and it's that those which are sown among thorns and it's very interesting that we should get there so this is what where we'll start um so let's break it down. Let, let's start where Jesus started. And he said, 
and these are they which are sown among thorns. Now, the question, <laughs> um, when the sower sows the word, remember, if you look at um, verse 15, to give us a clue as to what the soil is, this is what the Bible says. So um, we asked, we'll start at verse 18, actually, I'll start at 18. And so when the Bible says these are those that are sown among thorns, this is what it says. The first thing we look at is, what are those thorns? The Bible says, and the cares of this world. Now, that's, let's break that down. If you turn in your Bibles with me, please, so that we can have a look at exactly what does it mean, to, what are the cares of this world? And we're going to take them all together before we break them all down, but let's have a look at what the cares of this world are. Can you come with me to Matthew chapter 6, at verse 32, and we'll read to verse 33. Okay. Matthew 6, verse 32, and then we'll go to verse 33. I'll read it from here. The Bible says the following. Jesus is explaining about God's provision, and he's explaining that God pro um, provides for the lilies of the field, the sparrows of the air, and he also will provide for us and he says, are you not much, uh, worth more than all of these? But then it says for verse 32, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father know that you have need of all these things. So what are those things? If you take a look at what Jesus says, and I'll start reading from verse 25, Matthew 6, 25. The Bible says the following, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat and the body than raiment? Um, let me read this in, let, I'll keep going, than raiment. Raiment as in, it's an old English word for clothing. The Bible says, behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father, um, your heavenly father feedeth them. And he says, are you not much better than they? Verse 27. So Matthew 6, 27. Then he says, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? And he says, why take you thought for raiment? That is to take thought means to worry, to be anxious about. Um, consider the lilies of the field. They grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed or dressed like one of these. Then Jesus makes a statement in verse 30. He says, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Keep that in mind. And the Bible says, therefore, Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? The Bible says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. That means those people who don't have 
a relationship with the Lord, they pursue these things, quote unquote, the law of the jungle. And the Bible then says, for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. That means God knows that you need these things. Then Jesus makes a statement. And this is what I want you to remember. Verse 33, which is wonderfully famous. And he says the following, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, which is what we're looking at, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so this is the beautiful part of it. He's not saying, do not care about these. Do not pay any attention to how you will pay your bills or how you'll know. He's saying that your relationship with God, in your relationship with God, that once you can get it right, God will, through his relationship with you, cause the things that you need to literally be added to you. Um, and now it's it, sometimes it's it comes across as, oh, shall I be lazy or shall I be indolent? No, it's that trust the Lord to provide for you. And he will teach you how. Um, and, I, and I'm going to give you an example. Um, and, and I'm going to be um, very practical. The Bible says that um, we're coming up to, we've got two minutes before um, um, 7.14. The Bible says that the seeds that fall among thorns. So notice, let's explain something. God providing for you is not a thorn. That there's something, the Bible says that they fall among, amongst thorns. Those thorns, when they grow up, they, the Bible says, they grow up and they cause this word to become unfruitful. That means it doesn't bear fruit the way it should. So, and these are the three things that Jesus says to watch out for. The first one is the cares of this world. So we've looked at that and the cares of this world, what are they? Jesus said, what should we eat? What shall we wear? Um, what, how, how are we going to be provided for? You know, basically, how do I get through the day? How do I get, how do I get all my bills paid? How do I get these things? And the Bible says that first thing, there are certain keys that we find, and this is especially in Matthew chapter six, verse 32, the Bible says, but your father knoweth that you have need of all these things. That's the second time that Jesus has said that. Now, I'm going to pause there. And so we're going to take our declarations and then we'll continue from there. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's say our declarations together. Oh, Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves. We pray. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen. Or in Jesus' name we pray. 
then the Bible, then we say the last part, we declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Okay. So, right, ladies and gentlemen. So that's, remember, I said those words count. Amen, everybody. Fantastic. So, Jesus says, these are the thorns. So let's deal with the cares that the the cares of the world. Let's put it this way. So what do they chase after? And let's break it down. Jesus said, they chase after what do we wear? What do we eat? How are we going to get our needs met? The Bible says the key is in verse 6 verse 32 the bible says for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things that's the second time jesus has said that he said that in verse 8 he said your heavenly father knows exactly what you need before you pray that means ask for what you require but then Jesus says, verse 33, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So let's break that down. Notice what we're studying in the parable of the sower, that this is how the kingdom of God functions. This is how God, so what does God do? God will send a word to you when that word finds a place in your heart, it literally finds a place in your heart. It is processed into words, thoughts, and actions, you, and you understand it. Remember, this is what we said. The process understanding is not a thing. It's a process. So when you read, study, meditate, confess, and do the word, it produces and understanding it what does it do it becomes words thoughts and actions the outcome of those words thoughts and actions that means it becomes a part of you you believe it and the beautiful thing about believing it is that's where righteousness comes comes from we believe our lord jesus christ we believe the word of god and the bible says we become righteous we step into the righteousness that jesus has provided romans 10 verse 10 for with the heart man believes unto righteousness now then what happens the bible says when you get to that place whereby you are thinking saying and doing in harmony with the word god on the other end of that will provide all your needs the Bible says he will cause them to be added to you. And I'm going to give you an example. And it's a testimony. So it's a very, and it's actually quite a recent testimony. About a week and a half ago, I don't know. And so I'm going to be very honest. So allow me to be honest. About a week and a half ago, um, I got a message from somebody I really care about. And we're coming to the end of the month. And it was one of those things whereby th this particular month, we had paid out a lot. 
during the month. I I had paid for my uh, my car to be fixed. So it was a chunk of money paid paid for it, and God provided. I'm very grateful. God provided, but coming to the end of the month, we were absolutely okay, but we didn't have that much left. We weren't broke, but we didn't have that much left. And I had prayed. I said, Lord, okay, since we're, this is where we are, since we've paid out this money during the month, mm-hmm. provide for us for the rest of the month, which effectively you're living by faith. So we had sowed our tithes, we had given, and it was like, Lord, cause what's left to stretch. I get to the end and, I, you know, things are okay, but it's not that much left. And then I get a message. And this is what I mean. This is where I want you to realize. I get a message and somebody I really care about says, oh, please, can you and auntie, please help us out. We need a certain amount. We need basically to put, um, we need to get basics, gas, electrics, petrol, stuff like that. Can you help us out? I was busy that day, so I didn't see the message until the evening. So I thought, okay. So I sent the person a message, oh, is this still an issue? And the person, I couldn't get through to the person. So I said, you know what? Let me just send it to you. So I pulled together what I had, packaged it, sent it in a gift. We love you. And this is how the word of God comes. So I said, because and when I sent it, the Holy Ghost was like, you don't have that much left. And I said, it doesn't matter. That Lord, this is, this is, one, I care about this person. Two, it's okay. God, I, I know you will provide. And I wondered that, you know, it, it's fine. It wasn't, it wasn't big for me in that sense. It was just, let me just obey you. This is this person's in need. Let me help them out. So I sent it and left it. That Lord, thank you very much. The next day, <laughs> I had what was called the next day, by the evening of the next day, somebody sowed double of what I had given into my life, unsolicited. What am I telling you? This is how God provides. He says, take no thought. That means don't worry. I could have said, you know what? I really care about this person, but you know what? Uh, I might need the money. I might not be able to, you know, might not be able to make my ends meet, you know, and you, it's called cares of this world. But I gave and Mm -hmm. I was happy about it. Really happy about it. The next thing that happens, the next thing that happens, the next day, someone sows into my life double. Please understand the principles of the kingdom. Jesus said, how will God do it? He will send a word into your heart. And what was the word that he sent? Be kind to somebody else. 
And you find this principle throughout scripture that it is when you make a sacrifice for God through the life of somebody else that God triggers the miraculous to happen in your life. And so Jesus said, don't worry how God will provide. What does he want you to look for? He says, look for those little instructions that trigger miracles in your life. Mm -hmm. um, um, look for those little instructions that trigger miracles in your life. And then off we go. And so what I want you to begin to realize, what is Jesus saying? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be what? added unto you. You are not meant to live without the miraculous. Now, why did I use that example? Because Jesus said, what can choke the word? The Bible said the cares of this life. So it's, you begin to worry, what will I wear? What will I eat? How will I provide? But God said, no, no, just trust me. Just trust me. And little things like that make all the difference. Um, I don't. I don't. And it. it, it I, I use money because it was. It was an, a good example. It was my most recent example. But it could be anything. Listen for the voice where you have the opportunity to be kind to someone, to forgive someone, to represent God, and it triggers miracles. And all of a sudden, the anxiety of provision of how will we get through is wiped out. Thorn number one. The second thorn, so let's go back to Mark four. So now we know what the cares of this world look like. And interestingly, how to deal with it. Let's go back to Mark four, verse 18. Mark four, verse 18. And the Bible said, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world. So the first thing is the cares of this world. So we've dealt with that in that, what are the cares of this world? What will I eat? What will I wear? What will I, etc. But, and then what does God say to look for? Number one, I know what you need, trust me. Number two, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Listen for my word. Listen for the, the, the instruction or guidance that will trigger the miraculous. And I will make the rest happen. And make the miraculous happen to you as well. So let's look at the second thorn. The second thorn is, and the deceitfulness of riches. Now, it's an interesting one. When we say the deceitfulness of riches, there is, there's nothing wrong with being rich. That's not the issue. The issue is, where the your focus is such that you know what i am desperate to be rich especially without god it why is it this it deceitfulness because the assumption is if i am rich i will be happy and it's not necessarily the case and if you all of a sudden, and notice the word, it doesn't say being rich, it just says the deceitfulness of riches in that you begin to think that riches can take the place of the almighty. That as long as I can buy something, 
or as long as I can pay for it, I'm going to be all right. So it doesn't matter what the rest of my world looks like. And it also doesn't matter that, you know what, if I'm rich, I don't necessarily have to do what God says. The Bible says the deceitfulness of riches, the assumption is rich people are happier. And in all sincerity, if I was rich, I could do what I like anyway. I wouldn't have to ask the Lord to provide. I wouldn't have to ask the Lord to guide me. I wouldn't have to ask the Lord, should I buy a car or should I not? Should I buy a house? Should I not? I can just go ahead and do it. And this is the deceitfulness of riches. Why did I say it's deceitful? It's deceitful in the sense that it's a distraction. And this is what I want you to keep in mind. Please remember the word distraction so that you are so desperately pursuing wealth and riches, you don't see the little things along the way that make all the difference. And the little things that make the difference are where you have the opportunity to do things whereby you can represent God in the life of others. And let me give you an, an example. Um, let me give you an example. Turning your Bibles to Matthew 25, and I'll use a, a another something that happened to me this week. Um, I'll just use I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Matthew 25. Um, uh, yes, 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 yes. Actually, I'm going to change that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to change uh, same example, but I'm going to change it. Turn with me, please, to Isaiah 58. There we are. Yes. Isaiah 58. And I'm going to look at verse 10. Um, I'm going to look at verse 10. And this is key. And the Bible says in verse 10 that I'll read it in, in the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. The Bible says, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness shall be as noonday. Verse 11, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Pause for a moment. What is the Bible saying and why did I pick on this when it came to riches? Sometimes you're, we are so focused on getting rich, we can miss out the fact that along the journey of achievement, God places people that he wants you to bless. And so the Bible says in Isaiah 58 verse 10, when it says, draw out of thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted or someone under pressure. Over the last few days, there have been people's birthdays that have popped up. Some of them are not necessarily in my world. Some of them are outside the country. Some of them are far away. Some, um, some of them have been in my world previously and they've gone on, got married and they're, they're living elsewhere. But their birthdays popped up and I found them in my diary. And this is what I want you to realize about the, the, deceit, um, the deceitfulness of riches, whereby 
the pursuit of being wealthy takes over. And they popped up in my diary and I thought, I just noticed, okay, this person's birthday is coming that, okay, uh, I've, great, I've got a lovely question and I'm going to give you a, an answer. So I'm just gonna copy the question. Great question, thank you very much. I'll come to that in a minute. So the person's birthday is coming up and I just, the thought entered my heart that, you know what, do something that they don't expect. So morning of their birthday, thank God for WhatsApp and WhatsApp video. So I sat down and I recorded. Sometimes I record a prayer, sometimes I'll type a prayer, but it was a birthday message that is very unexpected. I did it for three or four people all in a row. It just seemed to happen during that, that particular week. The responses I got from those people made, warmed my heart. And this is the thing about the deceitfulness of riches. Because if you are so focused on being wealthy, you can miss the opportunity of being kind to others. And the Bible says there's a reward for it. Because I, I looked at the, the, the answers I got and it was all, you know, it just made people feel, I, what I've learned, especially during lockdown, is people need to be remembered. If I was so focused on just getting by, making money, achieving my goals, little things like that, you'll miss. The rewards of little things like that are priceless because God says, fine, because you reached out, that's what it means to draw out of your soul to the hungry. So that means you take what matters to you and you extend it to somebody else. The Bible says the results are the miraculous. God will make sure you're like a watered garden. God will make sure that even in a season of drought, you are provided for. God will make sure that all of a sudden you will arrive where you're meant to arrive without any challenges. And so what am I saying? This is key. What am I saying? I'm saying that notice what the Lord says. He said, the thorns that cause the word of God in your heart to become unfruitful. One of them is an excessive level of anxiety. And the second one is a undue focus on wealth and riches that excludes the Lord, okay? Why? Because when you do the things that God asks you to do, he operates by reward. And those rewards will outrun your ability to do it yourself. And so let's look at the third, and notice, remember I said, please remember the word distraction. So let's look at the third one. And um, let's go back to Mark 4 verse 18. Uh, let me get there. There we go. Mark 4. We're going to go to verse 18. And we're going to look at the third one. And the Bible says, and the lusts of other things. Now, let me put this in context. The Bible says, and the lusts of other things, but then it uses a phrase that is unusual. It says, entering in. Now, the devil's stocking trade is if I cannot steal it, 
And if I cannot kill it, I will distract you sufficiently so that even when your miracle comes, you're not paying attention, so you'll miss it. That is what Jesus said. It causes the word on your inside to become unfruitful. So let's say the Lord has put a, a word on your inside and it is, I want you to be kind or I want you to care for someone. I want you to teach somebody else to do something. But if you are distracted, whereby you are anxious about provision or you are desperate to succeed. And the last one is the lusts of other things. That means things that are forbidden because of the circumstances become attractive. The Bible, and that will then take you away from God's path down a road you don't need to go down. Many times that's how Satan gets to us. And I want you to remember this. He Notice, he can't stop your miracle, but he's going to try and distract you. He's going to try and cause you to focus on other things. He's going to cause you that you're not necessarily paying attention, that your miracle will show up, but you will not be paying attention. So by the time your miracle comes, you, ladies and gentlemen, have it's come and gone and you're thinking, oh my goodness, how did that happen? It's because he's distracted you. And especially when you're waiting for something. Because when you're waiting for something, one of the things Satan does is he suggests. And all of a sudden, things that are forbidden become attractive. And when things that are forbidden, the Bible says, entering in. That means they were on the outside before, but all of a sudden, by virtue of the circumstances, they enter in. And this is what I want you to keep in mind. Please keep this in mind. Notice what Jesus said. He said, when they come in, the one thing they stop is the word becomes unfruitful. That means your relationship with God, what God has put on your inside for you to do and be, all of a sudden stops working. Why? Because something that God did not ask you to do gets into your world. And that's how the Bible says it becomes unfruitful. So that means the it's not killed, it's not stolen, it's not stolen and it's not killed, but you don't become what God wants you to become because you are distracted. And this is the, the, for me, this attack, when you find yourself with those three things, where all of a sudden the pressure of provision hits you, or the pressure of age hits you, or the pressure of waiting hits you, or all of a sudden things around you that were never attractive before. And let, let, me, give, let me give you an example. And, and I'll use an example of fasting. When you're fasting, have you noticed that even food that is quote unquote absolute rubbish becomes attractive? It can be anything. It could be pickled onion flavor crisp that you don't like on a normal day. But because you're fasting, all of a sudden it's like, ah, do you know what? If I could just have that bag of crisps, I'm sure it will be all right. I'm sure it's going to be great. What happens when you eat the first one? What do you sense that, ah, oh, I've screwed it up? And for what? 
a 45p bag of crisps that is going to be there after six anyway. And all of a sudden you realize all they wanted you to do was get distracted. And this is key, I want you to remember. Please remember, Satan can't stop the word coming to pass, but you can. Okay, but you can. I'm going to, there's another one. Thank you, I've got a great question. I'm gonna grab those questions in a minute. And so ladies and gentlemen, let's put this in context. Let's put this in context. Jesus says, the word of God is sown in your heart. So when he speaks about thorns, these are things that can get into your heart that would cause what God has said to stop working. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of your heart are the issues of life the words the thoughts and the actions that god will use to trigger the miraculous and so this is the third soil that's the negative so let me put this in context notice what jesus said jesus said in john 10 10 that satan comes to steal kill and to destroy but then the Bible says, but I am come that they may have life and life more abundant. Meaning, please keep this in mind. Once you can persevere through the attempts to steal, the attempt to kill, and the attempt to destroy what God has said to you, the harvest is guaranteed. The harvest is guaranteed. And so what, so well, I won't jump forward. The harvest is guaranteed, okay? So that's the third ground. Great question. How do you overcome through distraction um, in your day-to-day -day life? Thank you. Um, that's the next thing we're going to deal with. So copy all right so ladies and gentlemen before we go to good ground and that's the last one we touch so let's answer a few questions so we can get through it first the i got this is the first question that we got about um the third type of ground it says pastor just to clarify when someone on the streets asks me for money do I give and don't question it? In all sincerity, let's see what the Bible says. The Bible says um, when it comes to, especially when someone on the street asks for money and they look like a drug addict, or they look like, and, and you realize that, that you're a con man. And you know, some, sometimes you get really upset that you know, you're just, you're begging because you don't, you don't want to. And, it's, and sometimes it's like that. Let's put this in context. Before you give in any situation, let the Holy Spirit be the one that decides do so. 
I'll give you an a, a example. The reason, and I say, the reason I say so is, it's not up to you and I to judge because you and I don't know what an act of kindness will make happen in the life of that person, okay? We don't know. Do, because many times it's not for you and I to judge because you don't know whether that person, when you make an act of kindness, even though they are running a con, because you are kind, God will use that act of kindness to turn their life around. Turn with me to Matthew chapter five. Matthew, no, 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 Matthew 25. Matthew 25, and this is, this is, um, I'm going to, it's, I'm, I'm going to read from 34 and I want you to realize something. I'm going to read from verse 34. Matthew 25, 34. The Bible said, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse 35. For I was unhungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. The Bible then says, then shall the righteous answer him and say, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered? When did we see you hungry and fed you? When did we see you thirsty and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we, when did we see thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king said this, and the king shall answer and say unto them, verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it, unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto who? Me. Let's put that in context. Sometimes the miracle that you're looking for is hidden in the life of somebody who does not necessarily deserve it. Or somebody who doesn't look like a miracle. So when you're asked for money on the street, ask the lord but let me put this in context let me put it in context for you the bible says people have entertained angels that means enter let me find it for you entertained angels all right hebrews 13 verse 2 hebrews 13 verse 2 the bible says be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Let me put that in context. The famous story about Abraham and the Lord in Genesis chapter 18. Abraham did not see God coming to him. He saw three strangers and the law of hospitality kicked in. Kicked in. And that law, so that's Hebrews 13, verse 2. Um, the law of hospitality kicks in. After they have eaten, the Lord speaks and he realizes that, wait, this is God. Notice, the Bible says 
Read Genesis 18. The Bible said the Lord was going to pass his house. The same thing is the case in 2 Kings chapter 8. 2 Kings 4, reading from verse 8. The Bible says the Shunammite woman got in the way of Elisha. Little did she know that that was going to change her life. So ladies and gentlemen, remember, let me put it in, let me wrap it up like this. Whenever you have the opportunity to be kind, go ahead and be kind. I'm not saying to the detriment of, 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 of I mean, think about it. A pound is not necessarily going to break you. Being kind to somebody is not necessarily going to break you. But take the opportunity that if someone asks you on the street for something, you now have a bridge. Say something to them. Say a prayer for them. Encourage them that, listen, things will be all right. Use that as a bridge and then you won't feel robbed. And all of a sudden you'll realize that those opportunities will come to you and God will change the lives of people that you never imagined could be changed. So what do you do when people ask you on a day-to-day, -day, you know, sometimes on a day-to-day, -day, if you don't have it, walk by and then just say, say a prayer. If you don't have it sincerely, but if you do, and it's not a bank breaker, be kind to people. Sometimes be kind to people when it is a bank breaker, but that's not today's sermon. But be kind to people. Why? Your audience is not the person. Your audience is God. And what does God say? It's times like that, that I will trigger miracles for you as a reward. The reward will outweigh whether or not the person was, that's got nothing to do with you. Yours is to be kind, to be generous, to demonstrate the Lord on your behalf. That's what it means for the word to bear fruit in your words, your thoughts, and your actions. God is extended to others. So what do you do? Ask the Holy Spirit, and he will tell you. And He will. when I say he will tell you, you'll feel an impression. Sometimes he will tell you, go back, that person needs it. That person, it's not so much the person needs the money. It is that the person needs the money from somebody like you. On the back of it, you will say a prayer. You will give them guidance. You will encourage them. And you will say, look, don't worry. Something, someone needs, you're demonstrating to people that you are a person. That might be the difference between suicide and continuing another day. That's what we're saying. So that's what do I do? What do I say? Ask the Holy Spirit in those situations. That's the first one. This is the essence of not being distracted. The, the next thing somebody asks us, okay, does this topic relate to people who don't necessarily chase wealth, but also chase people with fanciful academics titles to please their friends and family, and as a result, miss out on true love and happiness? Now, that's a very, very good way of asking a question about who do we marry? And let's put it in context. Notice the pressures. Now this is, this is where the, it's not so much, when we say chasing wealth, think about it. What is Jesus trying to pass across? That your audience in any situation, in any situation has to be, God, is this what you want me to do? That changes every 
thing. Changes everything. And so I want you to realize, so it's what in any situation, trust God that he will bring you through it. That's what Jesus is saying. That's why he said the sower sows the word. Take the word into your world. Let your relationship with God govern your words, thoughts, and actions. The outcome of those decisions will always pay off. The Bible says so. Where somebody chooses God against all odds. And let me give you some encouragement and please, please hear me well. When it comes to marriage, you always want to marry the person that God has sent. It might freak you out. And it's not only, uh, so I'm going to use myself as an example. I, I, I wasn't going to, but hey. Um, when the Lord told me that my wife was my wife. <laughs> oh, fun story. When the Lord told me a couple of things were an issue. Number one, my wife's social status and my social status were very, very different. And it freaked me out. So, and it was, yes, God, this is the person, but I'm thinking, God, how on earth am I going to care for this person? So I was terrified. And it took a while where God will say, this is the person I say, God, I agree with you, but because I was terrified and it will be, I agree with you, but, and it got to the point where it was, you know what, God, if we begin this journey, I'm with you. There is no one else. For, there's nowhere else for me to go. And finally, God got through to me. And no offense, 25 years later, I'm thanking God that he did. I really am. On top of that, I mean, if you, if, <laughs> uh, my wife is Pastor Agu's sister. Now, Pastor Agu, 25 years ago, <laughs> he was a little bit different, just a touch. Marrying his sister, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you understand. The Pastor Agu that you guys know, he, he's a nice guy now. He was our pastor when things were intense. And I'm thinking intense. He was the last person you wanted to cross. And then God says, marry his sister. I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> let me just leave that to conjecture. In all sincerity, you have to keep this in mind. There will always be a reason for you to panic. But you're going to have to trust God through it. And what does God want you to do? Come back to him and let him make a way for you. Because if God sent you, he will make a way. So that's a great, so please keep that in mind. What am I saying without going into a really major single seminar? Trust the Lord. That is why Jesus is saying that the word is the most important thing. Your relationship with God will keep um we'll keep that in mind okay there's a very very good question and i'm going to i'll grab that one um so let's keep going there's, there's a few more so okay so keep that in mind let the lord order your steps he will make it happen okay all right 
Um, the next thing is how do you overcome through distraction in your day-to-day -day life? Couple of ways, couple of ways that you overcome distraction. Think about it and let me give you an example. My, the scripture that I want you to keep in mind is Proverbs 29 verse 18. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy is he that keepeth the law. Now, what that means is you've got to keep the word of God and the pictures that the word of God paints in your spirit in front of you. You do that by saying it. You do that by reading it. You do that by writing it down, putting it on your mirror. So how do you stay focused? You, it's the same way you stay focused when you are traveling, especially to a place, let's say you have a five connection journey. If you remember what traveling is, what it was like before this season, um, don't worry, we'll get back there soon. You keep it in mind. What do you do? You repetitively look at your ticket that allows you to make decisions when you get to an airport. So you get, let's say you get to an airport that you've never been to and there's everything you want to, to get to or that you want to buy and you, all of a sudden you're caught up. Oh, I wanna look at this, I wanna see that. I wanna, but what do you do? You look at your Proverbs 29 verse 18. Proverbs 29 verse 18. You've got to keep the picture of what God says about you in front of you. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish, okay? The Bible says, but happy is he that keepeth the law. That means the vision or picture that God gives you produces the discipline that allows you to keep going. So even though I see lots of things in a place I'm, I'm, I've arrived at, if it is step two on my journey, I look at my ticket and I realize that I've only got 45 minutes to get from where I am to the gates to catch my next flight or to catch the train or to catch the bus that produces discipline no matter what is going on around me and so ladies and gentlemen i want you to keep in mind how do you stay focused in your day-to-day -day life talk about the word repeat it to yourself say prayers at odd times listen to the holy ghost but also talk to others about the word as, and, and, and so this is key. You've got it. I'm not talking about difficult things. Habakkuk chapter two, reading from verses one to four says, write it down. Um, Joshua one verse eight says, say it and keep saying it. The Bible says um, Philippians four, six to seven says, be, be clear, make your petitions, your supplications and give thanks regularly and allow the peace of God to keep your heart. Basically, keep the word of God in your mouth. Protect it. Make sure that the pictures that it gives you are what governs your day. And then do it. Be kind when you get the opportunity. Reach out when you get the opportunity. Stop. Don't be so distracted that the direction of the Lord is missed. All right. That's how you keep it in your day to day. And please stay, stay focused, stay um, practical. Let me go on. I'll go on because this is a good question. All right. 
So what happens is that with all the stories heard nowadays, we might be scared to entertain strangers. What if we put ourselves in danger? I absolutely agree. That means in situation of entertaining strangers, there's certain things that you do not do whereby you do not take a risk. So, and I please hear me well, that is where before you take an action, ask the Holy Spirit. There are some times when the Holy Spirit will say, just keep walking and say a prayer and just keep walking. Because in all sincerity, taking out um, a wallet or a phone or something in a particular area could cause you to get robbed. I accept that. But let's put that in context. Let's put that in context. The Bible says that you have a God who will order your steps so that you are safe. But this is where wisdom comes in. And this is where the early warning system of the Holy Spirit comes in because he will tap your heart that this is, this is nowhere, just keep moving. And that's what you need to do. So, and then also don't put yourself at dangerous risk whereby you, it, let's say you're a single lady and you're inviting somebody into that you saw a homeless guy, let me bring him to my house and feed him. Or giving lifts randomly I mean, there is a wisdom exists. So make sure that you are practically safe. When God asks you to be kind, he will not ask you to put yourself in unnecessary danger. So if you're, and, and please, speaking for anybody, for anybody, if you feel threatened, keep walking. If you feel threatened, keep walking and so there's some things that in all sincerity and i say that very carefully if you feel threatened in any shape way or form whereby you don't feel this is a safe environment keep moving keep moving and i say that sincerely the lord will work it out but keep moving so don't put yourself in unnecessary danger very very good question thank you for and please keep it practical and keep it very, very practical. So when God asks you to be kind to somebody, he's not asking you to put yourself in unnecessary danger or risk, like giving away that somebody says, oh, you know what? Um, can you borrow me 500 pounds and you go give them your rent? That's not wise. Those instructions, if the Lord brings those instructions, one, they are rare, two, he will confirm it. And so please, so like I said, be wise. So it's not, okay, let me give my school fees away because the Lord said I should be kind to people. Okay, no, 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 no. So this is what I'm saying. So be wise in all of those areas. Very, 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 very good questions. Very good questions. Um, all right. And then, okay, um, there's another one about the social media um, the social media scams that are going around where you get a somebody connects to your account and it looks like somebody you're famous with. In all sincerity, this is what relationships do. If you see something like that, ask the person, send them a text. And in all sincerity, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't feel right, this is where you ask the Lord that, Lord, is this you? And then take a look at the details and you'll notice that something, something is 
you know, something's dodgy. So what I want you to begin to realize is no one's asking you to be foolish, but nobody's asking you to be cruel. And so in all situations, same yardstick applies. Holy Spirit, should I give to this particular person or cause? And he will tell you whether or not it is him. That's the key. So listening to his voice, listening for watching for the impression, he will tell you, do not make an emotional decision, make a spiritually wise one. Great question. It's been an interesting night. Ladies and gentlemen, next week, we're going to wrap it up and we're going to have a look at good ground and how we can stay good ground. I say a prayer for you. May God be kind to you. May God keep you this week. Thank you so much for being such a great group. It's been fun answering all the questions. It really helps. I hope it's made it clear for you that remember, the Bible is simple and the Bible is true. May God bless you and may God keep you. If there's anyone, and I say this sincerely, because of what we are going through, is anyone who is going through any kind of illness or sickness, then I ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that by the stripes of Jesus, we join our faith together and may the Lord heal you. May he be kind to you and may he heal you or your loved ones. May God step into your matter. Ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic week. God bless you. We'll wrap this up next week. God will cause the new to become a reality in your life. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful week. 